Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. So today is part two with Joe, and today we're going to be discussing work-life balance. Let's go ahead and jump right in. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken. And Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. Uh, well, I think the easiest way that I balance it is uh, I work a non-traditional PTA role in the fact that when I work, um, I go out Wednesday through Friday. I'm there the entire time. I stay the night. So I get four days off a week. So I don't work anywhere else on Saturday through Tuesday. Um, so I think it makes traveling for me specifically a little bit easier now balancing that with my wife's schedule. Can we just, we try to plan things out six months to a year ahead. So I mean, we, my wife's a planner more so than I am. I've gotten better about it. Um, but yeah, so I got quite a bit of free time to play around with. And then if I need like a week off or something, usually my supervising PT and I will schedule that out and I'll work like a week straight. Um, we'll have a, like a contract PT. Um, if there's any evils that need to be done, they'll be on call and then he can go take his vacation for like a week or two. And then we'll switch off at some other time where I'll take like a week off or two. So it's pretty flexible in the terms of that. Um, it's kind of how I ended up in this position. Um, right out of school, I worked the inner city for about three years. I did the grind, you know, I was working four 10 hour shifts or doing PRN jobs where I was working pretty much six days a week. And I was, I was getting burnt out really, really quick. And I decided if I wanted to stay in this profession, um, I'd have to find something different. So my goal in life was not to work more than 30 hours a week. I know not everybody can do that, but like, it's just, that's what I wanted out of life. Um, not saying that I don't work longer than that. I would say probably for the amount of time I'm actually studying and not getting paid to keep up on latest research and stuff. I mean, that is still work. Um, this is true, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I try to find, I think planning out as far as I can. So like six months a year, that way I have something to look forward to or a goal. There's those times where, you know, you can fly by the seat of your pants and be like, yeah, I'm going to go take a week up trip somewhere. And it just happens to work out. But yeah, we travel, travel ton. Um, and then both of our families on different side of the country, we're back in the middle. So we, when we get the chance, we like to go back and see them. Um, what about you? How do you manage? So I'm definitely more on that first half of your job as you had. Laura is able to do the part-time and like you said, like not everybody can do it, but it definitely helps when you work less hours, you're able to travel a little bit more. That's why she's not here now. For me, the, the last job I had and the job I have now, it's definitely harder to take time off. So we have the 40 hours, there's three therapists. If one therapist goes out, you need to be able to cover your patient somehow. So they have to find someone on call or have someone per diem come in to be able to cover your shift and your patients. If that doesn't really work out, then it's not impossible to get the time off, but it's definitely harder. Yeah. And the problem you run into that is the burnout. Yeah. 
because you're all you're doing is just working with patients day in, day out. You can't really get time for yourself. Yeah. And that's what happened with my last job. We were seeing 30 patients a day to, what would we get? No, we got to like 300 or so a week between three therapists. And, and that's the thing, like you can't take time off because it's like, oh, there's no coverage for you. So you're kind of SOL. Yeah. So I left that place, went to where I am now. It's not as hard to get time off, but you still need that coverage. But we max out at 16, 14 patients a day, if that, like if we have that many patients. Right now we have mainly 8 to 10 a day, way more manageable. If one of us is in the office, we're easily able to take over that person's schedule. But I feel like it's super important to be able to find that time. And I think what you're saying in planning ahead definitely plays a really big role because you're able to let your job know, you're able to have your dates, when you're going to be able to leave, when you're coming back. And they can plan for that with more than enough time. Yeah. And I would say even outside of, I think we're thinking big picture, like, you know, go on vacations, taking time off, I guess. What do you do to the work-life balance just like day in and day out, like the weekly when, you know, we can't take time off, but, you know, you go work. I don't know how long your days are, but let's say you work a eight, 10 hour shift and then you get home. How do you balance that? Like you just work with a bunch of people that are, you know, in pain, um, trying to get better, whatever you're trying to work on with them. And then you come home. How do you shift that mindset to like, I know people just say, leave work at work, but in all honesty, the majority of the population, we all say that, like, try to leave work at work, but it does follow us home. Like, how do you personally, like, find that balance between your career and then your personal life? Between both. Yeah. I think it's just finding hobbies outside of work. So for me, I play a lot of pickleball or I do video games or I watch shows on Netflix, whatever the case may be. And I think the biggest thing that I do, which the more I talk to Laura about her shift, is try to finish all my notes at work. Because if you bring that work with you, then you're still in that mindset of, okay, I got to work with this patient. What I do with this patient? I got to do this note, this note. So Laura would always tell me like, oh, I have to finish... 10 notes when I get home. And I think that's the hard part because you're trying to spend your time with the patients at work and that balancing of working with patients and doing your documentation at the same time isn't easy for everybody. And sometimes it's almost impossible. So I try to get as close as I can to finish. If I don't, then I leave it for the next day. I don't know if you do anything for, because I think work, you work three days a week, you said? So once you leave there and go home, do you just leave everything there? I try to. I There's been points in my career where I've been really bad, and I was like just focusing on patient treatment, and I wasn't trying to take advantage of like, okay, they're taking a rest, they're in a safe position. Um, because, you know, I work with inpatient, outpatient, everything. Um, some people you can't just leave at the bedside cause they're gonna, something could happen, right? It's not safe. Um, so I've gotten into the poor habit of 
just patient care and then taking my notes home with me. And then you're working at home. Like you, you're working until you get those notes done. Like you're doing your charting. And that was, uh, I've done this several times in my 10 plus years now. And I always try to nip that in the butt right away. Like if, if I, for some reason need to do one note on my own time, like I'm not working. I try to leave out that I don't try to let it snowball effect. And then now I'm just like, oh, I'll do five notes at home. And so I try to nowadays I don't do that. I document as soon as I uh, get the opportunity. A lot of times I'll do we get a full hour with our patients like I'm blessed in that way. They don't overlap or anything. Um, we also just don't have the population to justify doing like two plus people at the same time at one time and i will never go back to doing that i've done it 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 burns me out too quick it's not for me um but i usually try to take like maybe the last five or four minutes of my session because you get the 56 minutes whatever medicare needs for you to charge four billing units right um Mm -hmm. and i do the note i knock it out right there right then and then i go grab my next patient and um I try to be really good about that. Sometimes I'll have patients where I can document as I'm treating them more the outpatient side where, um, you know, they're taking a rest interval and I just tell them, I was like, Hey, I'm not ignoring you. I'm, I am watching you. I'm going to, you know what you're doing. If they don't need hands-on facilitation, verbal cues, all that stuff said, I'm going to be over here. I'm just documenting. And most of them always like joke with me. They're like, yeah, I know that you're doing that. Don't worry about it. I got this. Um, and I'll just, I'll, do it right then and there and basically by the time they leave my office like that note is done and i'm not bringing it home with me but yeah it's a bad habit to get into to try to bring notes home and i also know not all the therapists get that opportunity like you guys if you're seeing two three patients at a time like that's tough to do that like that's not for me some people do thrive in that yeah some people like like fast pace for you, it's not for for me. It was all I knew, so it was hard to know anything else. And I was just like, "Man, I just gotta muscle through this." And then once I went to like acute and I did my rotations, I was like, "Okay, there is one-on-one treatment. It is possible." So I don't know why they're just trying to just force all these patients throughout the day. And it's like I am exhausted. I'd go home, my hands hurt. Yeah, I'm just like mentally just fatigued, physically fatigued, and I was just like done. But then I knew I had to get up the next day and then do it all over again. Yeah. So having the one patient an hour is definitely more my speed. Yeah. And when Laura and I talked a while ago for graduates going into the field and starting to work and the things to look for in a job, those were, that was one thing we mentioned. Yeah. So being able to get that vacation time, see what their flow is, see if you can observe them and like one day and see if it's a good fit for you because some I had some friends that definitely thrived in that fast-paced high volume environment they preferred it they always felt like they were doing something they tried to find time with their notes so unfortunately they did it during lunch or they did it when they left yeah and they didn't mind they just preferred it i feel like personally to me i know there's a lot of talk on social media that there's a real push for just to be like one, maybe two patients every hour because of the amount of burnout 
our field is experiencing and they're like, well, it takes away from actual patient care, like that one-on-one. I feel like I'm just running around and I'm not really giving them the best care I can get. And I think with the push for that to like, to have it stop being the standard of PT mills where you're seeing, you know, two to four patients an hour. I think the more people are bringing this up, the more our, you know, APTA is starting to be more aware about it. I I would hope. And I think just the whole profession as a general is starting to be like, we need a better work-life balance. I don't want to burn myself out. And it's hard right now because I think we're, we're seeing some like, things change for the better, but we're also getting a lot of pushback where there are those people that thrive in the environment where they want to say, they're like, well, it's not that bad to do two to four patients. Like I'm doing it. So you should be able to do it. Yeah, But it's like, it can be done. It can be done, but it's like, just because it can be done, should it be done type deal. Right. And I get the numbers behind it. You know, you have a business you're trying to run and you're trying to bill as many units as you can to justify you know, keeping the lights on, keeping the space open and paying your therapist. I wouldn't say a livable wage, but I'd say you're just trying to pay your therapist, right? Um, yeah. So I can understand the business side of things. I just, I know for each person, for the work-life balance, you got to find something that's going to be sustainable. And, you know, you could work 10 years in one setting and you're just like Don and you want to move to a different setting. There's that's okay if that's what you got to do do it like don't be scared to to find what's uh what's so going to be venture out a little bit yeah what's going to be sustainable for you because burning yourself out is not good i don't know if you've experienced burnout already i know you're what two oh, three yeah. years in into treating now um but i can tell you, you know i've gone through multiple different periods of my career where i'm just like I'm burnt out and then it's like compassion fatigue where that's like the really bad where it's like you just don't give a fuck anymore and that's like you can't burn yourself out you gotta find stuff outside of work that's gonna balance you out and like you said you play a lot of pickleball and whatnot things i do is like when i'm not taking a vacation i work out like working out makes me feel better you know it also helps me too when i'm working with acute care patients that i gotta move them around right i'm not gonna True. Yeah, my you have some max dependency patients. I, yeah, my max dependencies lately have been like my max is probably not the same as the, somebody else's max, and so I try to put like fifty percent or twenty five percent along with the okay. max or mod or min assist because, like, you know, if I'm able to get a two hundred pound patient up and it feels like a moderate or minimum to me, I mean the next person after me, they're going to be like, this is this person the max times two yeah, or a Hoyer, yeah, Hoyer right. lift. So it's like, <laughs> I, I do that. So like I have hobbies, like, you know, I exercise, I try to exercise daily. Right. Um, I try to walk, I try to get sunlight. I live in Colorado. So we got 300 days of sunshine, like try to get fresh air, try to eat relatively, you know, healthy, try to have social interaction with people. Um, Try not to isolate myself, although sometimes we do need time to ourselves, right? Um, right? Right. And I do a bunch of other stuff. Like I read, I genuinely like medicine and physical medicine. So I, I'm constantly learning. I, I have a thing for languages. I like to learn new languages. And so like I got a bunch of different things. It's like 
you got to have hobbies. You got to have things that are outside of the the career field. So when you come home, you're not just you're not dreading like going still, in the next day. Yeah, de- enveloped, enveloped by, by it in a way. Yeah, my I have a friend. She's a PT. Um, I don't know if you keep in touch with your classmates back when you were going through the program, but when she was talking to her classmates, I think it was within five years of her like 30-ish graduating class, I think there's only eight or nine PTs still practicing. So 21 left the field because they were just burnt out. The patient care wasn't what they thought it was going to be, so they just went to different fields. And even my friend that's a PT, she was considering going into something else. She's still doing physical therapy, but she talked to me about like, oh, if I wasn't doing this, this would be way more enjoyable for me. A lot of times people just chase that title and then chase like, oh, this is what I want to go into. Like, I like the job, but just the environments that kind of make it difficult to be in this field sometimes. And like you said, people try to pay the bills. The insurances are paying less and less because people are undermining each other. Like, oh, if you just give it to me, I'll accept $40 reimbursement. So what happens when people accept lower reimbursements? They give other clinics lower reimbursements, and you have to take more patients to offset the fact that they're only giving you so much money per patient. Yeah, it's I have definitely a similar similar. Um, experience with my classmates i can say i don't keep in touch with too many of them anymore but like the first five five years i kept in touch with a good amount of them and by year three to five i would say half my class was not doing physical therapy anymore they had jumped into more of like other career fields like business management anything that they could and I never got to ask those people why they left, but I can only assume that it's burnout and it was the um, not making like a livable wage for where they're working, right? You know, I mean, I, I knew places that would offer us 12 bucks right out of school and I'm like, no. And then even $20 in Denver metro area, it's not like, it's not bad money. And for people that don't know, cost of living here is, exponentially it's high Mm -hmm. so like twenty dollars it sounds like okay somewhere else but it's not good here like you need to be making at minimum like thirty dollars an hour here if you're trying to pay your rent or your mortgage and then put food on the table and then maybe have some extra money left over that you can save up and right take a trip or whatever go do the things that you want so it's it's tough burnout and just like that work-life balance you got to be mindful about it and i think people are being a little bit more aware of it um i know he touched a little bit on it while he's going through a pta program but it wasn't you know everything's like fire hose so it's like okay we talked about that on to the next thing right 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 but you gotta i don't know you gotta take care of yourself so yeah I think think burnout doesn't doesn't really even come in play until after you leave the field. Like during the program, program, they don't really talk about it. At least they didn't didn't for me. I don't know if they did for you. They kind of, they didn't call it burnout, but they're like, hey, this is, you're, you know, you're dealing with patients and their energy and they get, they got a little woo-woo, but I would say it's absolutely true. Like you're dealing with people's different behavior, personalities, their pain, their suffering, even their happiness and stuff. So like you leave 
after your shift and they would be like, okay, these are some of the techniques that you can take care of yourself so that you don't, you can make it through like the next however many years you're going to do this career. They'd be like, you know, go meditate and exercise and eat properly. So it was very minimum, but they didn't call it burnout at the time. Now they are. Now people are calling it Mm -hmm. burnout. Now people are also calling it, you know, compassion fatigue at the end of burnout. It's like, that's that. So we've come a long way and just that was almost 13 years ago I was learning this stuff. So there's progress being made and I think people are being more aware of it. Um, yeah. What are some of your strategies though when um, you're feeling kind of on the cusp of like there's too much work and there's not enough like personal lifetime hmm i think i think at that point i just kind of i think i'd do more like the solitude technique just kind of get away from everything from everyone and just go hiking or just kind of be outside or i don't even have to be outside really i could just be home and read a book or something just kind of just take time to myself i think the biggest thing is just absolutely not think about work and like you said, like sometimes, um, usually not. It's but it's easier now with a less patient load. It was definitely more difficult to do when I saw the thirty patients a day. Now it's it's been a lot more manageable to turn off my personal life at work, and then turn off work life when I'm in my personal life. And when we go to work. When I, this happened before, everybody would always bring their home environment. They're not having a good day. And then unfortunately, it would kind of leak out throughout the day. And that can't happen as well. Yeah, so you saw you, the opposite, like where the personal life, the home life was coming into the work day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you, we don't think about that either. It's like, how do you leave home at home and be there for work? So that would be the hard part because you'd come in and you'd be ready for work and then you'd have some of your coworkers just, you can tell they're not having a good day already. Yeah. And it's understandable. Like we all have lives, there's things going on, but bringing that into work and that energy also, you feed off of that, you get a little bit like either avoid them a little bit, the patients kind of feel it too, and then it just becomes a very awkward scenario. Is there any... um strategies you have for that for like not bringing personal life into the your work life have you, you ever yeah, that one experienced little, <laughs> that probably i would assume that one's yeah, way more difficult depending on what you have going on yeah um like i know we've had coworkers have a member of their family pass away and something like that they take the time off they come back and then it's still kind of there yeah um, you have people that just have fights with their significant other. It kind of just really depends on what you have going on. If it can wait, I would say just try to focus on work. Don't think about it. If you can address it, try to address it before you get to work or during lunch or after work. Yeah. But that one's definitely hard, more, harder to manage it, at least I think, depending on what you got going on. Yeah. What about you? Do you have any ideas on how to control that? Um, I mean, the plain and simple is what you said. I try to leave it at the at the door when I walk into work. And sometimes it's almost like when I get to work and it's like I just have to turn on that work switch where I go into work mode 
and for some reason it doesn't bother me anymore it's more so if i get like a little downtime like i'm not working with a patient like i get sometimes let's say i'm that charting time it's like it'll come back to me and be like oh man i you know what you said you gotta fight with your significant other or there's something going on with mm -hmm. you know my parents or my family or my friends or just like something personal with me right it it will kind of seep back in and i have to like take a breath in take a breath out and be like you know it's gonna be okay and just try to like put it on pause for right now but it's really hard to do the more you practice it the easier it gets but it is tough it's tough to like come into a work environment and you're just having a bad personal experience outside of work and you come in and people do pick up on it. like the like i can they pick really do. i can pick up on it if like you know if i overlap with my pt and like there's just something off i can you know or the nurses are like just having a day right and it's like ooh, i gotta kind of you know i don't want to be around this energy but i don't know i mean everybody's allowed to have bad days and stuff and how we all deal with it as long as we're not projecting onto our patients and onto other healthcare providers or whoever's you know around us like it's okay you know i agree i think it's definitely not something that should be absolutely avoided because it is okay for us to you know not be okay all the time and not be chirpy and trying to balance everything out it's just kind of like you said don't let it kind of feed off to the patients and your coworkers yeah if you can help it but sometimes it's a little unavoidable depending on what you have going on. Yeah. But I think that's all I had. I don't know if you have any closing thoughts on work-life balance. I think the biggest thing is trying to have boundaries with your your work and then even with yourself, like have boundaries that you're not going to cross. It's be like, you know, every six months, I it's okay to take that time off. Like, that's what it's there. If your job offers you paid days off, or even they don't, they just allow you to take time off, don't feel bad about taking that time. And then definitely make sure that it's hard to say leave work out work or leave your personal life and your personal life, but try to do your best to, like, be mindful about not bringing those things home with you or into work with you and then have some hobbies outside that are going to be um positive with you you know don't isolate yourself too much if you don't have to like talk to people like have friends and family if you have them like do that stuff um do activities that make you happy whatever that may be whether you're a hiker or you like to exercise lift i don't know you can fill in the blank for that um teach their own um, I would say be careful about like more of the negative um, activities that people can get into because I've seen, I know we're kind of trying to wrap up here, but mention this, um, people do get into substance abuse working in a lot of these fields and stuff. Just be careful if you're having problems with that stuff, like you're drinking too much or you're getting into any of the other illicit type stuff or you're just angry all the time, like go seek help like professional help it, it angry. you know um take care of yourself the this career is not worth like dying over mentally physically emotionally like 
make sure you're taking care of yourself. It should be about yourself. And then hopefully you'll be the best person towards your patients and towards everybody else. I don't know if you have anything you want to wrap up on either. I feel like that uh, summed it up pretty well. I agree. Just take care of yourself. And I agree that job is not worth losing much of yourself over. Yeah. But with that, we'll wrap this episode up. Thank you, Joe, for joining me for a couple episodes here. I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point when Laura's back here. Yeah, appreciate Um, uh, coming on and you guys letting me come up. Yeah, of course. Um, Be sure to check us out on Instagram, follow our socials, check out the YouTube. And until then, we'll catch you guys next time.